Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The LSU Tigers. LSU wins the BCS. One team, one heartbeat. The New Orleans Hornets select Anthony Davis. And I tell you, Mardi Gras is about to break out. Talk about my Saints. To the 20. Geis. Touchdown. Who that? This is the Chris Gordy Show. Felt great to break the seal. Uh, you know, I feel like we, we as a team, are, have been making steps in the right direction. Um, and it's just little things. You know, I think we all felt like we were a lot closer than, than maybe it seemed or felt. You know, just when you when you come away with two losses, um, you know, like that to start the season when you know there was such this sense of urgency to, to get things started fast. Um, it'd be easy to get disappointed and, and maybe down, but uh, man, just. There's Drew Brees after the win last night, or yesterday, I should say. And the Saints are in the win column. Welcome into the Chris Gordy Show here on Sports 1280 New Orleans. A happy Monday to you on this September 25th, 2017. Here is how you can get in touch with the show. If you want to give us a call, you can do so at 504-260-1280. 504-260-1280. We'd love to hear from some of you guys with your thoughts on how the Saints looked yesterday, getting their first win on the season, improved to one and two, and that was more like it. That looked like the Saints team we saw, you know, throughout much of the preseason, um, at least defensively. That's how they looked. I mean, they, they looked much better defensively yesterday. Uh, offensively, everything was clicking. Everything looked good. So, uh, a lot of good positives there. Uh, if you want to uh, tweet us, you can do that at Chris Gordy on Twitter. Or you can uh, shoot me an email, Chris, at sports1280.com. There's a whole lot of stuff we got to get to today. A lot of Saints stuff we have to get to. Um, again, Saints winning yesterday in Carolina, 34-13. to We've got LSU beating Syracuse uh, Saturday night in, in Death Valley, 35-26. But we may have more questions than answers when it comes to LSU. Just a lot of... Uh, a lot of things that went wrong in that game on Saturday night, so we'll we'll touch on that. Today is Pelicans Media Day over at the arena, so uh, very excited about that. Very excited to get a, a new season of Pelicans basketball started, and certainly really enjoy this uh, this roster. And looking forward to to seeing what those guys are going to be able to do this year. So um, uh, I believe we'll we'll have some of the guys from the station will be there uh, later today, and so. Uh, we'll we'll have some audio for you tomorrow from uh, from the Pelicans. And like I said, I, nobody's more excited than me. Um, I think for for a, se- a new season of Pelicans basketball featuring Boogie in the Brow and all these other guys, Rajon Rondo, Tony Allen. I mean, I, I just really like the mix of guys that they brought in uh, this off season. So, um, but today we start with the Saints. Like I said, uh, Carolina came into this game with the top ranked defense in the league. But I told you guys all last week that while they've played lights out, let's remember the two teams that they destroyed. It was the Niners and the Bills. So 
Carolina hadn't really faced a good offense. Um, you know, granted, they had allowed only six points all season, you know, three points in each game, and that's very impressive. But again, they hadn't faced a, an offense the caliber of the Saints. Now, I say that, but Saints offense hadn't really been the Saints offense prior to this game. I mean, they had only scored three touchdowns on the season. One of them, or, you know, Drew Brees only scored three touchdowns on the season. One of them came late last week in, in uh, against New England. So, you know, the, the offense had really sputtered and struggled. But this season, or, or yesterday, Saints finally looked like their old selves offensively. Drew Brees, 20 for 29, 220 yards, three touchdowns, only sacked once. Thought the O-line did a pretty good job. I mean, look, there were times they were getting beat. There were times where Drew Brees was getting pressured, but Drew was, you know, able to to withstand it. He was able to s- still stay in the pocket, buy some time, and, and find guys open downfield. So, um, you know, look that that offense that we saw yesterday, that's the offense we were expecting to see mo- most of the season. Michael Thomas is continuing to play lights out at wide receiver. He may very well be a top five receiver in this league. I mean, I'd have to run down the list of the, you know, Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham. I mean, we, you know, I think you can make a case. I think you can make an argument for him being a top five receiver. Now, the good thing for the Saints is he's got two years left on his rookie deal after this year. But if I'm his agent, I at least start floating the idea of an extension out there with the Saints. You know, at the end of this year, I kind of say, hey, my guy's killing it for you. Let's uh, let's get my guy paid. 92 catches last year, 11, 1,100 yards. I'm, I'm sorry, 92 catches last year, nine touchdowns. This year already, he has 17 catches, 221 yards uh, with his first touchdown yesterday. Um, by comparison, last year after the first three games, 17 catches, 185 yards, one touchdown. So he's basically exactly on par at this point a year ago except he's got a little bit more yards, 221 this year. He had 185 at this point last year. But again, same same number of catches, 17 catches, same number of touchdowns. Now, look, he came on after that, and I mean, he had a couple of, you know, he started, he started scoring touchdowns like crazy uh, after that. We'll, we'll see what he does throughout this the rest of this year, but pretty cool that by comparison, Michael Thomas having, you know, off to basically on pace to have the same, if not a better season this year than he had last year. He's going to go over a thousand yards, you know that. But going to be a uh, going to be a fun going to be fun to see what Michael Thomas what, what kind of season he he puts up for the Saints because he's just you cannot cover him one on one. Carolina could not do it yesterday. He was just getting wide open. It felt like on a, on every play. Uh, the the run game looked much better yesterday. Still lacking in you know big time production. Still looking for like that that big play, that big run that, that somebody breaks off, but a much better yards per carry average yesterday. Up to five and a half yards a carry yesterday, led by Mark Ingram, who had 14 carries for 56 yards. Really ran hard yesterday. I, I was impressed with Mark Ingram. He's, again, I think for the most part, he's run hard a good bit this year. Against the Vikings, he, he couldn't really find a hole. New England, you know, once the Saints fell behind, they couldn't run the ball anymore. They had to, they had to keep throwing, so... You know, I, I like what Mark Ingram's done so far, and then Adrian Peterson I thought looked better as well. You know, though though the box score won't show it. Nine carries for thirty three yards. That's just three point seven a carry. But I thought even Adrian Peterson showed some flashes yesterday and started to look a little bit more comfortable in this offense. 
And then even Alvin Kamara showed some good runs, two for 37, including the 25-yard touchdown runs. So uh, better production out of the out of the run game yesterday. And what does that coincide with? Better O-line play. I mean, the O-line did a better job yesterday. And I, I thought they would be able to have a little bit more success because, look, Carolina's played well defensively, but I thought up front the Saints – this is a matchup the Saints O-line would, would would be better against against this uh, Carolina defensive line um, as opposed to the aggressiveness of Minnesota. You know, Minnesota's just got had beasts all over the D-line, and they were aggressive as hell. It was, you know, Monday Night Football and their home opener. So it was just those guys were riding a lot of adrenaline, and, you know, that's why they weren't you weren't able to have success week one. Now, last week against the Patriots, you know, Patriots weren't exactly getting after Drew Brees a whole lot, but it was just that... You know the defense stunk so bad. You were, you were behind the eight ball. You were having to score touchdowns. It felt like on every possession last week. So this week, very different game. You jump out to the early lead. You take all, all the momentum, and then it was on Carolina to make things happen. Now Carolina had their issues as well. They had Cam Newton is banged up. He had the banged up uh, ankle, so he's not healthy. They had no Greg Olson, who's one of his go-to targets, and then Kelvin Benjamin gets hurt early, and he leaves the game. So basically, it became Devin Funchess. And Christian McCaffrey, and that was it. I mean, that was basically the two weapons that, that Cam Newton had. And he was getting the ball to him. I mean, especially McCaffrey. You know, he had a nice day, but you can live with that if you're the Saints. When they when they're down to basically one one weapon that's a threat, you live with that. So um again, I I, I thought uh, it was just a good job all around by the Saints yesterday. Uh defensively, like I said, they look much better. Albeit considering Cam Newton was banged up, but better pressure up front. Cam Jordan had a sack and two quarterback hits. Alex Okafor had a sack. Trey Hendrickson, the rookie, his first career sack, and and Kakaha had a sack. So very, you know, much better pressure up front from the Saints from the Saints defensively. And like I said, it it looked more like that Saints defense we saw throughout the preseason that we were all looking forward to and hopeful that they would. You know that they would be more active, and they were yesterday. So, you know, this is this is where the team from here, you know, where do they go? If they can go into London this week and get a win at Miami, and you're back at two and two, I'm feeling much better about where this team is, as because of what's on the schedule from here on out. You know, we we've talked about the rough starts to the season and all that. We'll and we'll get to that in a second. Just what what history tells us about rough starts but a few more thoughts on the on the defense uh ken crawley was i th- i thought kind of the star of the secondary yesterday first off where you been ken crawley um you know throughout training camp watching him at practices guy was really good and then in the preseason you know he was a mixed bag against the browns he Made a couple good plays, made a couple bad plays. I mean, this has kind of been the story on Ken Crawley. He's very, very aggressive. He's, he, you know, when he makes a play, he's going to let you know he made a play. He's going to talk trash and all that. But just he's just been inconsistent. Yesterday, very good game from Ken Crawley. So I liked what I saw to him. And, and that, look, that was with no Mark, no Lattimore, no Delvin Bro, no Sterling Moore. And the Saints had three interceptions on the day. P.J. Williams had one. The rookie Marcus Williams had one off of deflection by Kenny Vaccaro. And, and then Kenny Vaccaro had one. So, you know, look, after two straight games of giving up record days to Sam Bradford and Tom Brady, they held Cam Newton to just 156 passing yards. 
kudos to the secondary. And then Jay Cutler and the and the Dolphins, they got owned yesterday by the Jets. And now they got to go all the way across the ocean with you and 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 play in London. So you know, we'll see if the Saints offense can can do exactly or rather the defense can carry this over, carry this performance over and do the same against Miami next week in London against Jay Cutler. Because like I said, just just very impressive all around. The the linebacker play, the 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 D lineman, the the cornerbacks. So, I'm excited to go back and watch the film Monday Monday or Tuesday nights I typically go back and watch the game and I kind of look a little bit closer because it's hard when you're watching live. You can't really watch every position or every guy. So Monday or Tuesday, I, I like to go back and kind of watch the film and see if there's something I missed or, or somebody that stood out. But all in all, like I said, I thought uh, a good performance overall. And look, no excuses for, for Cam Newton being banged up and missing some of his weapons. It's an NFL it's an NFL team. So you went out there and, and you dominated them both offensively and defensively. And again, you know, can't say enough about the offense doing what they did against this really good defense from the Panthers. So, you know, I, I think we're going to see throughout the year, I think Carolina's defense is going to play better against other people. And, you know, I think you'll feel pretty good about your performance that you had there. By the way, just to point this out, Saints' recent trips to Charlotte have not gone great. Prior to yesterday, they only had one win in the past five years going to Charlotte. Now, they've played close there, but here's what they did. Last year, they lost their 23-20. Two years ago, they lost their 27-22. In 2014, they won 28-10. In 2013, they lost 17-13. And in 2012, they lost 35-27. So, four out of the last five trips prior to yesterday, you had lost four out of five in Charlotte. So, like I said, and I had to go look it up because I was like, it feels like the Saints never really play well there. Or, you know, they always... Seems like the Panthers always make a play, either offensively or defensively, that kind of seals the deal in the final minutes. So, again, very impressive uh, win for, for the Saints yesterday, and, and hopefully this gives them a little bit of momentum. Hopefully this propels them forward. Now, look, they've got a lot of question marks still, and we'll get to some of those after this uh, this first time out. But, again, uh, you feel a little bit better about this team after yesterday's performance than you did, certainly after those first two dismal, you know, performances weeks weeks one and week two the good thing about both those games and you got demolished by the vikings and the patriots is that they only count as one it was just one loss so you're one and two you go to london this week you play miami if you win that one you're back to 500 and feel much better about yourself going into the bye week let's take uh, our first time out of the morning if you want to get involved would love to hear from you guys 504-260-1280 504-260-1280 how, how do you feel about the saints today do you feel good or do you feel like eh, maybe this is fool's gold this is what they do they lose some, then they win some, and then at the end of the year, they're 79 and we're left scratching our heads going, what the hell happened? We'd love to hear from you guys. Take a quick break. We'll be back. It's Chris Gordy Show right here on Sports 1280 New Orleans. This is Chris Gordy. Got back on to basics Sports this week in some ways. New Orleans. Um, you know, knew that we just, you know, if we could just take care of some of these things that are really little things, but yet they can make a big difference, you know, staying on the field on third down. We did a good job of that uh, all game long offensively. Uh, scored touchdowns in the red zone. You know, th- those have been two points of emphasis, obviously, after the first two weeks. Defense did a great job today. Um, you know, after that first two drives, just settling in and, you know, getting us three turnovers. I mean, that's huge. You get three short fields like that. You know, we felt like we played the game on their side of the field for the most most part, which um, had a huge thing to do with the victory. Well, last week, Drew Brees said, just believe in us. 
to all the fans, be a believer. And he gave you reason to believe yesterday, at least for a day. For a day. The Saints beat down the Panthers out there in Carolina. They get their first win of the year. Proved a one and two. And now they head to London. In fact, I just saw the tweet from Josh Katzenstein. Saints arrived in London about about three hours ago. So it's a, it's a long flight. But I like the idea of going immediately after. You know, look, you, fin- you win that game in Carolina. Everybody's already packed their bags. And you just head on out straight from there out to London and get, you know, practice all week out there. And basically you do all your prep and everything, you know, there in London, as opposed to practicing here for a couple of days, then flying out there midweek. I think it makes sense to go out there and spend the whole week out there. I think it's silly that they play these games in London, but that's a whole another discussion for another day. 504-260-1280 is the number if you want to get in. 504-260-1280. Let's go out to the phone lines. Let's talk to Matt in Uptown. Matt, what's on your mind? Hey, what's up, Chris? Yo, what's going on, man? I just wanted to uh, say that uh, I think that the wait-and-see approach with the Saints, I think, uh, you know, they looked good. Um, I think uh, the running game, finally, I mean, you saw signs of life with that. Um, and, uh, I mean, I, I just have to thank Curtis Johnson for coming back because, man, Brandon Coleman is definitely, in my opinion, finally it seems that he's turned the corner. Yeah, no, I, I like what we've seen out of out of Coleman so far. I mean, he had just the eleven yard catch think? for the for, for the touchdown yesterday. But uh, you know, they're going to get Willie Sneed back this week in, in London, and so we'll see. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what difference he makes. Maybe maybe that helps the passing game even more because the, those first two weeks against Minnesota and against New England, the offense just was inconsistent. Now against the Vikings, they just struggled to do much of anything. But against New England, look, they you know they put together some scoring drives and other other drives just stalled out. Third downs, unable to convert, and really in the red zone is where where this team struggled through those first two weeks. Now this week they were much better. They were able to drive down the field, go get points, score. You know when when they got down in the red zone. So uh, you know again, I, I can't stress enough how good Michael Thomas has been. Now Ted Ginn actually looked good yesterday as well. Two catches, forty four yards. One of them was a forty yard touchdown catch. Um, Maybe part of that was the revenge factor. Being back in Carolina, he wanted to prove himself and show uh, show show up his old team like a lot of guys do. So, um, you know, again, really liked really liking what we're seeing out of Michael Thomas. I think he's going to have another outstanding season. But like I said, you get Willie Sneed back this week in in uh, in London against Miami, and we'll see if that helps even more. Does anyone know? I guess I'll have to look this up. Does he did he meet up with the team in Carolina and then fly from to London from there with them? Does he take his own flight out of New Orleans to London himself? Kind of curious what what Willie Sneed had to do and his travel his travel plans to get out there to join the team in in London. But like I said, uh, really good win all around, offensively and defensively. And and yeah, like uh, like the caller said there, like what I've seen out of. Brandon Coleman, you know, he he had a really good training camp, really good uh, start to the preseason at least, and, you know, kind of tailed off there towards the end of, of, of camp. But, you know, again, he he's he's got to show the hands because that that's that's been the issue with 
or was the issue through the first two weeks? You know, sometimes Breeze would let some balls sail or were just inaccurate on some, but the drops, especially Ted Ginn, you know, the, the you, when you get rid of guys like Jimmy Graham and Brandon Cooks, you better have some reliable guys behind them. And what did we see? When you got rid of Jimmy Graham and then you ended up bringing in Kobe Fleener, he wasn't the same level player. When you got rid of Brandon Cooks and you brought in Ted Ginn, just not the same level player. Now, that's not to say he can't be productive, but just not the same, you know, reliability where, where you put it in, you know, you put it in his vicinity and you know he's going to catch it. Um, now I hope Ginn continues to build off of what he did yesterday. But like I said, you feel better about it knowing you're getting Sneed back. You know, Michael Thomas is a stud. And the Fleener's credit. I mean, look, he had a good catch yesterday. I think he's... I think he's gotten better. Feels like him and Drew are a lot more on the same page this year than they were for much of last year. So, and then Alvin Kamara. What what can you say about him? The kid, the kid is just really, really dynamic. You know that one play where Drew, Drew put it up for him out in, uh, on the outside, and Kamara I think stopped on the route or was you know running the, the wrong direction, and Drew. Drew called him over and, and said, "Hey, you know this is this is where I'm putting the ball. You got to do this." And then even on the sideline after the, I think they still ended up scoring. And then even on the sideline after that drive, Drew is calling Kamara over. Hey, let me show you. This is what I want you to do. So uh, that's good stuff to see from from the young kid. I mean, he's just playing in his third NFL game, period. And Drew is you know still taking it as an opportunity for a coaching moment with with the young guy. So again, we'll we'll see if he continues to build. Um, you know, here in his rookie year and, and see what, what impact he has. Now, we'll get to it a little bit later, but I am a little, I don't want to say concerned, maybe isn't the right word, but the distribution of, of touches for the backs. Adrian Peterson is not getting many touches. You know, is that going to become a problem down the stretch of the season? We'll talk about that in a little bit, but first, a moment for for my friends over at Hover Helmets. If you have LSU football, or if you if you love LSU football, you have a LSU football lover in your house or in your life, and they're looking for the perfect gift for them. Uh, here's your answer: It's Hover Helmets. Hover Helmets perfect for young people, old people, at the home, at the office, in the, in their man cave. It is an authentic replica mini helmet with the LSU logo or the school logo of your choice. It hovers and spins in midair, no strings attached. It uh, uses like this magnetic force and it, it floats in midair and it spins. It's, it's an LSU gold helmet. If you have kids, they can use it as a nightlight. It's got an LED lighting right under, under it that illuminates the helmet from below. Hover Helmets now has an expanded selection of college football teams that you can choose from on their website and then be on the lookout for NFL helmets coming this Christmas season. So I know you'll be able to get some Saints ones coming up pretty soon. Just go to their website, check them out, hoverhelmets.com, H-O-V-E-R, helmets.com. And if you do so, Sports 1280 listeners will receive a 20% discount and free shipping. All you have to do is enter the promo code 1280 at checkout. That is promo code 1280. You get 20% off and free shipping at hoverhelmets.com. Hover Helmets, the next level in sports memorabilia. Learn what our insiders know about your home teams. Sports 1280, New Orleans. Okay, okay, okay. Ah! Oh. Hey, I'm trying to get crunk. Well, that's more like it as the Saints get in the win column. 
beating the Panthers out in Carolina yesterday, 34-13. Welcome back in. Chris Gordy Show here on Sports 1280 New Orleans. And every week we'd like to catch up with our guy, Amos Moralnola.com. He joins us now to talk a little bit about that game. Amos, good morning to you. How are you, sir? Amos? Well, we're uh, let's see if we can uh, try to get Amos pulled up here in a second. But uh, uh, try to reconnect with him or something, Dave. Uh, so, look, uh, you know, Saints yesterday – dominant performance i would say overall offensively defensively much better performance all the way around and you know look as, as we move forward um this week is this week is going to be a kind of a you know a, where are you at where is this season going to go if you lose to my to miami and london you're back to saying okay this is not going to be a good season if after this season or after this week, if you get a win, you feel pretty good about the, you know, going into the bye week or two and two. And then, like I said, some some very winnable games down the stretch of the season with Chicago, Buffalo, you know, the Rams, I kept putting as, a, as an easy win. They might be they might be a little bit more difficult, but you get the Jets. So, like I said, some some winnable games and then your division games already. See if we can reconnect with Amos here having some issues uh hearing us amos you got me man no i think there, there's an issue david he's not he's not able to hear me whatever for whatever issue the, the microphone is is having here uh anyway we'll, we'll let amos know we'll try to connect with him here in the next segment but uh yesterday drew Brees talking about uh just basically saying it was great to great to get a win felt great to get a win felt felt uh, great to break the seal um you know i feel like we, we as a team are steps in the right direction, um, and it's just little things, you know. I think we all felt like we were a lot closer than, than maybe it seemed or felt, you know, just when you, when you come away with two losses, um, you know, like that to start the season when, you know, there was such this sense of urgency to, to get things started fast. Um, it'd be easy to get disappointed and, and maybe down, but, uh, man, just. Now, the key for the Saints yesterday, especially defensively, not just playing really well against Cam Newton and getting a bunch of sacks, but it was the turnovers. I mean, that's something that this team has lacked, especially last year, you know, with their defense struggling. And then this year, defense playing a lot better, um, you know, with a lot of younger pieces. But, again, the turnovers were, were what did, you know, gave them the success yesterday. Let's try one more time with, with Amos here. Amos, you got me, man? Nope. Something wrong on your end, Dave. <laughs> Gotta love live radio, right? All right, we'll we'll figure it out. Uh, we'll figure it out in the next break. We'll have to get Amos on here, and he'll be able to hear us. Uh, back to the turnovers, though. The, the key yesterday was, you, you know, turning the ball over. And look, Cam Newton's not healthy, but I don't care. It's an NFL game. You got to go out there. You got to perform well. You got to play well. So. Here was Sean Payton talking about the, those turnovers and how big they were. Each week we, we make an emphasis on the takeaways and, and ball security offensively. But if you looked at this series, uh, specifically this team, it was going to be probably one of the most important stats in the game. And it wasn't one of the most important stats. Um, you know, look, you gave them – it was still what? It was a 27-14 game there. And they still had life, you know. If they go down and score there, make it a make it a six point game, and they get a little momentum back playing at home. Do you feel like Saints maybe blow that and lose that one twenty eight twenty seven? 
So, you know, look, credit the defense for stepping up, making plays. It's great to see some of the rookies make some plays. Marcus Williams, the safety out of out of Utah, the um, you know, the the defensive end, Trey Hendrickson, him getting in there, getting his first career sack. And then guys like Cam Jordan, look, I was talking to somebody, uh, a national guy who covers the NFL. He says every time he watches film on the Saints, he said you cannot take your eyes off of Cam Jordan. He said the guy's just so active on that D-line with his hands, with his movement, his edge rush. Um, so the guy's just just phenomenal. And and that's where, that's where it kind of hurts. Look, you needed Lattimore, and I know he didn't play this week, 11th overall. But that's why I just thought if they could have gotten another edge rusher in the first round this year, to pair with Cam Jordan, how much more devastating that you know the the pass rush would be. Now look, the pass rush doesn't mean anything if you got corners down the field that can't cover. So, you know, you needed a lot of more. But that's really they're gonna have a lot of a lot of needs this offseason. And and look, we're only three games into this one, so we don't know where this season's gonna go or, you know, where they're gonna finish or where their draft picks will be next year. But you know, right now I'm staring down the hole of another another defensive end in the first round next year just to pair with Cam Jordan and really get that pass rush going. Because Sheldon Rankins has been pretty good this year so far. You really like what you've seen out of him. So, again, and not to take anything away from Alex Okafor. I think he's been fine, and he had a sack yesterday, and he's been pretty active. But I'm looking just for that that extra force. I mean, Kakaha even got in there and got a sack late or, or got a sack yesterday, but – just that, you just need that extra guy who's got that burst, that speed that can help, you know, on the other side. Because with Cam Jordan, sometimes he's drawing double teams and he's drawing extra guys in his face. You can get that other guy off the edge. Man, it would be, it'd be nice. It'd be nice for, for, for that pass rush to help them out. And we'll work great in Dennis Allen's system. Now, will Dennis Allen and this whole crew be back next year? I don't know. We'll see. Let's see how the rest of the season plays out. But. You know, if there, if I had just one thing that I'd like to have seen, and, and again, I, I don't, I'm not hating on Lattimore. I'm, I, I like the pick, and hopefully he can stay healthy, even though he's already missed missed a good bit of preseason with injury and already missed another, you know, a regular season game with injury. But if they could get just like I said, another big time pass rusher in there opposite Cam Jordan, I think that would help. I mean, look, obviously it would help this defense tremendously. Because if you can live with guys like Ken Crawley and, and P.J. Williams at corner, um, I think the secondary is going to be all right. So we'll see. All right, let's do this. We'll grab an early break here, and we'll see if we can't fix our, our phone issue here and, and try to connect with Amos Morel of NOLA.com. It's the Chris Gordy Show right here on Sports 1280 New Orleans. Back to the Chris Gordy Show on Sports 1280 New Orleans. All right, welcome back in. Chris Gordy Show here on Sports 1280 New Orleans. Dave on the other side of the glass trying to uh, work out all the bugs and kinks. Every now and then we just get these uh, insects who come in and eat up our board and screw everything up. So Dave's trying to work that out and uh, see if we can't fix our fix our phone lines. Uh, welcome in. Chris Gordy Show, Sports 1280 New Orleans. A good morning Look, not very often do the Saints and LSU win on the same weekend. It's a very rare thing here in the state. So 
I'm happy that both teams got the win. Now, look, the Saints were the more impressive team this weekend. LSU, I, I, I still don't know how to feel about that game on Saturday night against Syracuse, right? I mean, they they get out to the, you know, they, they get a good lead. And finally, look, Danny Etling was under pressure almost the entire night. Um, Syracuse is doing a really good job of blitzing. I mean, it felt like they were bringing a safety or a linebacker on a blitz every single play. They were bringing pressure. And why are they doing that? Because they don't respect your passing game. They did. They were willing to let, you know, leave their leave your receivers one-on-one with their corners and, and blitz and pressure. And, and look, the offensive line wasn't doing a very good job protecting him. And the offensive line wasn't doing a very good job of opening up holes. And then you combine that with the fact that Darius Geis, you play him, which I thought was stupid from the get-go. Like, Darius Geis isn't 100%. Why is he playing against Syracuse? And so, you know, you get the early turn- turnover to start the game. Greedy Williams takes it almost to the house. He's out at, what, the one-yard line. You put in Geis, he punches it in. Okay, look, Geis scores on a touch, scores a touchdown on a one-yard carry to start the game. Okay. But then from there, guys couldn't really do much of anything. He ends up with eight carries for 14 yards. It's less than two yards a clip. And it was just, a, like I said, I thought it was a game you didn't need to play Darius Geis, especially the way Darrell Williams was running. I think Darrell Williams has really shown that he can be he can be a, a good a good back to sub in if you, if you need to. And, and the way he was running, running hard, dragging the pile, I liked what I saw out of Darrell Williams on Saturday night. So... You know, where do you go from here with Darius Geis? Do you sit him out against Troy? Get him healthy because you're going to need him. He's way more important in that Florida game and then Auburn and then Ole Miss. So, you know, that's how I would lean. I don't care what Geis tells you. And that's what it felt like. It felt like the Florida game last year. Remember when Leonard Fournette was banged up and he wasn't going to play? He came out in pregame warm-ups, literally wearing like a a track suit. I mean, warm-up gear. While everybody else is in their shorts and jerseys and you know ready ready to ready to put on the uniform, Leonard Fournette wasn't going to play in that game. And then what happens? Florida starts jawing. Florida starts talking trash. Leonard Fournette kind of gets into it. One of the Florida assistant coaches, and all of a sudden Fournette goes into the locker room. And he says, "I'm putting on the uniform, Coach. I'm playing." And what is you know what does Coach O say? Oh, okay, Leonard, you're going to play. Well. Ultimately, I, I, and I still feel this way, it ended up costing LSU that game against Florida last year because Geis, or, or rather, I'm sorry, Fournette was not effective when he carried the ball. Geis was. Those touches that you, you know, I don't want to say wasted on Fournette, but you did in that game. If those carries had gone to Geis, I think you, you keep more drives alive, and I think you win against Florida last year. It felt a little bit like that on Saturday night. Be, or, or rather earlier this week, because remember, it was all week. Geis isn't going to play. Geis is out. And then what happens? Suddenly on Thursday, Geis comes to the coaching staff and says, hey, I'm healthy. I want to play. I want to play. And suddenly he can, uh, and suddenly Geis is okay. I, I would have said, sorry, Darius, you're sitting out until you're fully healthy, man. No reason, no reason for you to play. All right, let's get, uh, let's see if we can connect with Amos now. I think Dave has fixed the, uh, the bugs in the board. Amos, can you hear me? I sure can. Okay, we got it all fixed. We got it worked out. Right. Appreciate you uh, jumping in with us, man. I know you're uh, you're heading out to London later today. Have you? How do you pack for London? I mean, you you pack for a whole week. Uh, basically, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm. It's a it's a hard process. We've got a 
round by round selection. Uh, you know, the committee's looking over what I'm, uh, which shirts to bring, <laughs> which pairs of pants, which shoes. But you know, uh, when uh, you know, it's all said and done, we're gonna put the uh, the best set of clothes in that bag. And I'm looking at the forecast. It's in like the 50s. It's gonna be cold out there. Uh, it sounds magical compared to the, the heat we've been dealing with in the fall. I just did a finger quote. Yeah. I, I literally woke up this morning. The back of my T-shirt was soaked. I'm like, what the hell is this? I, I'm, done, I'm done with the humidity. But, uh, look, uh, Amos, good good start for the Saints, or rather good uh, good outing for the Saints overall yesterday. That That was the team that we thought we would see throughout much of preseason. The defense much more active, the pass rush getting to the quarterback, uh, turnovers in the secondary, and then the offense really clicking, scoring points, um, you know, capitalizing in the red zone. Just an all out, all out better performance from the Saints yesterday. I know, absolutely. Uh, you, you, like you said, the defense that was much more, especially after that preseason, they had much more what you thought. You know, they forced some turnovers. Uh, you saw a lot from those rookies who played well during the preseason. Um, and then on offense, obviously you saw Breeze looking just as good as ever. He's getting the ball to a lot of different receivers, a lot of different targets. You saw that when they were on schedule, even the running backs all seemed to get an amp, you know, a decent amount of carries and were able to, you know, effectively carry the ball because the boxes weren't stacked. And, you know, it just was an all around good performance for a team that really needed one, especially with how bad they looked those first two weeks. Pretty interesting. I saw the report that the Saints are bringing back fullback John Kuhn um, on their way out to London. I think it's kind of funny that they, and, you know, maybe not to John, but they realize, okay, we don't really need him in this Carolina game with our, with how we're developing our game plan. So they cut him for prior to the Carolina game, and now they're bringing him back as they head out to London to, to play Miami. Um, pretty interesting. I just I, I'd seen that very much in the NFL. With uh, we don't need a fullback this week. Cut him, and then we'll bring him back next week. Well, yeah, you know, it's just kind of the way uh, way the game is working. You know, uh, if it's a guy that you think that you know won't be won't get claimed, you, you can go ahead and release him, make some room for another one. And you know, they they had needs at cornerback. You saw them bring up uh, two guys from the practice squad to the active roster. So it was really they were really just trying to make moves to to kind of shore up that defense, which had really been struggling these first two weeks. And when you look at it, uh, you know, a couple of those moves. Kind of paid off for him, you know, making King Crawley active. Um, he goes out there and plays a great game. So it's just one of those things. Yeah, I was going to say, on that point, I mean, look, you're without three of your top four corners with, you know, Sterling Moore out, Lattimore was out, Delvin Bro continues to be out. And I thought Ken Crawley really made the best of his opportunity yesterday. And look, you know, we talked about him throughout training camp. There were days when you and I were out there, we saw it. He stood out and he made plays at training camp. And then in the preseason games, there were plays where he made plays and, and, and made good tackles and made good, you know, pass deflections. And then there were times where he was just straight up getting beat. And so it's just been a, a roller coaster of, of uh, you know, of an offseason for Ken Crawley. But Yesterday, getting in there, man, was he active, made a, made a huge tackle early on to kind of set the tempo, and I thought he had a good game. Oh, yeah, no, he definitely had a real good game. A few tackles, uh, almost had a pick on that one play um, where Cam just kind of stared him down, looked like he threw it straight to him. But, yeah, no, he had a great game, and that was something that I know his teammates were really expecting out of him. They had all said that he was uh, – they didn't know why he wasn't active those first two games. Uh, I know the 
Coach Sean Payton had mentioned that uh, some of the other corners had been playing a little bit more consistently, and that was something that he liked in what he saw from them. But, you know, he definitely had a great game, and uh, it was going to make it hard for him to keep him inactive when some of these other guys start getting a little healthier. As I look at the the snaps, and, and again, I, I don't know if you can put a whole lot into this, but just looking at the halfback snaps, you know, Mark Ingram had 31, Alvin Kamara had 15, Adrian Peterson just 13. Does it feel like they're underutilizing uh, Adrian Peterson? I mean, I say that because it felt like they they gave they gave him his opportunities. He got nine carries. He just it just he's not able to, to he doesn't have that same burst that he had for all those years in Minnesota. Are they underutilizing him, or is this just where Adrian Peterson is in his career? Well, I know he, you know, said that he wasn't expecting to come here and get twenty carries. Uh, but he also wasn't expecting to, you know, get six carries and, you know, be completely not a part of the game plan. So I think what you saw on Sunday against Carolina is kind of what they would hope for him. You know, he gets in there about, you know, 10, 10, 11, 9, 10 carries in, you know, situations where his skill set, which is he's a guy that's hard to bring down at this stage in his career. You know, he's still fast. He's still got a little bit of that burst, which, you know, time gets everybody. But you, what you saw on Sunday is that he's still a guy that's hard to bring down and can get those tough yards. And I think that's something that they would want They want him to do and they want him to be able to do, but they also need to be able to keep the, the offense on track and be in a situation where they can use that skill set for him. So I think, um, you know, and he said it this week that, you know, if they're winning – you know the amount of carries he doesn't he has doesn't really matter to him as long as you know they're winning it was more so that he wasn't really getting a chance to impact the game and they were losing so i think uh what you saw on sunday is is a good indication of kind of how they want to use him they want to be able to use him to get those tough yards um get some nice you know big gains on first down and set him up with some some third and short situations where their playbook can really open up Talking with Amos Morrell of NOLA.com. Amos is heading out to London later today to go cover the Saints out there. Uh, look, I don't want to say Sunday is a must-win, Amos, but it really feels that way. I mean, if you win that game against Miami and London and you're 2-2 two and two, going into your bye week, you feel a lot better about this team and, the, and their opportunity this year because of the winnable games you've got down the stretch. You know, like I've mentioned before, Jets, Bears, Bills, a, a lot of ga- teams that you will be favored against that you should beat. Uh, if they lose on Sunday, the season's not over, but it feels that way, right? Yeah, but just because of uh, you know how they've got how things have gone in the past few seasons. You know, they started uh, the last two seasons zero and three. They started if you count the uh, season before, they were one and three to start. So it's kind of one of those things where they don't want to fall into one of those holes again, where they you know from that point trying to climb their way out and having to win a lot more must-win games, putting a lot more pressure yeah. on themselves. I think winning this game in Carolina bought them some leeway, took, took a little bit of pressure off of this Miami game, you know, especially with the long travel. You know, that'll help them. They're going there with their spirits up. And a lot of those young guys played well in this Carolina win, so that's going to give them a lot of confidence. Yep. But, yes, I do think that this Miami game is still a must-win, particularly with that bye week. You know, if you can win this Miami game, come back two and two. The bye week gives you time to get a lot of guys healthy, give some more time to All right. get a little acclimated. I-
I hate to cut you off, Amos. We got a hard out. Thanks for jumping on, buddy. We really appreciate it. Stay safe in London, and uh, we'll be looking for your stuff at NOLA.com.